the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. If we look to the answer as to why for so many years we achieved so much, prospered as no other people on earth, it was because here in this land we unleashed the energy and individual genius of man to a greater extent than has ever been done before. Those who say that we're in a time when there are no heroes, they just don't know where to look. The sloping hills of Arlington National Cemetery, with its row upon row of simple white markers, bearing crosses or stars of David, they add up to only a tiny fraction of the price that has been paid for our freedom. As for the enemies of freedom, those who are potential adversaries, they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it. We will not surrender for it now or ever. We are Americans. This is the Bob France Authority on AM 1420. The answer. Yes, indeed it is, and a good morning to you. Thank you for joining us as we get underway at seven minutes after the hour of nine o'clock on this Monday, the 26th morning of the eighth month of the year of our Lord, 2019. Appreciate you being aboard. Congressman Jim Jordan will be on board as well, coming up at about 948 for his regular Monday visit with AM 1420. The answer, we have a lot of important things we are going to discuss with Congressman Jordan. Of that, you can be sure. The first is going to be what we will discuss right now. China has blinked. At least that is one way to look at this. China has the Chinese uh, negotiators when it comes to trade in this ongoing trade war, and yes, it is that. Do not uh, view it in any other way. China has blinked in this trade war with the United States. They have said, we want to sit down at the table again. As markets tank and their currency hits an 11-year low, China has said, we would like to calm, or to find, rather, a calm end to this trade war. Uh, uh, early this morning, which it's midday there uh, in uh, at the G7, by the way, but uh, China has said they would like to end its ongoing trade war with the United States. Asian markets are crumbling. China's currency, as I said, in an 11-year low, following the latest tariffs on $550 billion in Chinese goods announced on Friday by President Trump. The president said today, that officials from China called the U.S. Uh, called U.S. officials and expressed interest to quote get back to the table. The Wall Street Journal reported uh, that uh, the discussions held between Trump uh, administration officials and Chinese officials have been a very positive development. Quote: They want to make a deal. The president said, "That's a great thing." News of this possible crack in the uh, icy negotiations came shortly after the president threatened to declare a national emergency that would result in American businesses freezing their relationships with China. That was enough to get China's attention. Uh, 
Trump's tariff barrage on Friday was a response to China imposing its own retaliatory tariffs on $75 billion in U.S. goods. The uh, president said, really? Uh, that's cute. Here's $550 billion on your goods. It's a trade war. There's just no way to look at it. And quite frankly, it's not over yet. But this latest development means that it's a trade war that President Trump is winning. That means the United States is winning. That means that the United States businesses, manufacturers, they are winning. That means the United States manufacturing workers are winning. That means the American people are winning. And that means it's exactly what President Trump said that we would get tired of. So much winning. Now, it's not over yet. Like I said, I don't want to sit here and do a victory dance or take a victory lap because I can't dance and I can't really run laps anymore. But uh, uh, quite frankly, it's not time for that, though. American farmers are still feeling a very, very difficult effect on them because of the war, the trade war that is going on with China. We know that we are not exporting exporting as much as our, of our agricultural products as we did because of this, uh, and they are feeling the pinch. And they are going to have to be um, taken care of later on. Make no mistake about that. We cannot just continue to do this and allow American farmers to feel this uh, very disastrous effect for them, uh, even if it, it results in a great win for the United States. They themselves are going to have to be personally uh, taken care of later on on the back end. But this is, this is what winning looks like. It's on the way. So they change their tune uh, on the trade negotiations, literally just two days after the president threatens to declare a national emergency that would result in American businesses freezing all relationships with China. And China says, okay, maybe we ought to uh, rethink this a little bit and sit down and have a conversation. The president tweeted this on Friday, quote, For many years, China and other countries have been taking advantage of the United States on trade, intellectual property theft, and more. Our country has been losing hundreds of billions of dollars to China with no end in sight. Sadly, past administrations have allowed China to get so far ahead of fair and balanced trade that it has become a burden, a great burden, to the American taxpayer. As president, I can no longer allow this to happen. Exclamation point and end quote. I I can't tell you how incredibly important this is. I'm not an economist. I'm not going to going to pretend to, to know all of the ins and outs of international trade and the uh, 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 effect on markets that tariffs has uh, tariffs have rather. But I will say this: No, pre- President Trump is right. No past president in the history of this great republic has had the guts to take on the Chinese. Red China, communist China. This is what communist nations do. Democracies don't allow this kind of thing to happen. Democracies are, in our case, representative republic. We, 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 we absolutely have not stood up to China, essentially, for decades. President after president after president has known, administration after administration, they have known the enormous trade imbalance that we have suffered with our with the Chinese, which is you know an economic world superpower, along with us, 
Why should we continue to lose hundreds of billions of dollars, maybe into the trillions of dollars a year in trade imbalance with China? What in the world would make anybody think that that's okay? Nobody's had the guts to take this on. And I'm going to tell you something. I'm critical of the president when the president needs to be criticized. And I am critical of some of the things he tweets and some of the things that he says. But he is absolutely the most courageous president that we have ever had. I don't know how it's all going to wash out. I don't know what the end game will look like. But no, never has there been a president that has been gutsy enough, courageous enough, to take on these accepted failures. That's, what, that's how I'm going to term them. For decades and decades, presidential administrations, and yes, Congresses, I mean, if you think about it, and I don't care who's been in charge of the various uh, uh, congressional terms over the course of the last several decades, Democrats have had their shot, Republicans have had control, sometimes Democrats have had both houses of Congress, sometimes they've had one, sometimes Republicans have had both houses of Congress, sometimes they've had just one, and Democrats and Republicans have traded off the presidency. And no one has addressed this imbalance it has just become accepted defeat when it comes to trading with the Chinese. And here comes Donald Trump, international businessman, real estate mogul, multi-billionaire, saying this is not how it gets done. And he's had the guts to come in here against all, and he knows it's going to hurt certain segments of the U.S. population, particularly the farmers, as we've discussed. And he knows that the volatility of negotiations over tariffs and trade with foreign powers like China is going to lead to some instability in the markets. And we have seen that. We have seen massive uh, uh, plunges of the Dow at various points of time, only to rebound by hundreds of points in the next couple of days. It's volatile. And he's willing to do all of that to correct the, the imbalance that has cost us trillions. We, we are over $20 trillion in debt. And I'll say this, like I said, because I'm fair. I might not always be right. I'll give myself a, a, a pretty hefty percentage of the time that I do express these things that I am right, but not always because no one is. But I'm also fair. And I'll criticize the president as far as uh, uh, federal spending. Our spending is out of control. We are spending right now in the Trump administration uh, like, like the drunken sailors we accuse Democratic administrations of being. Our spending is out of control. However, having said that, I will point out that what we are doing to kind of balance the scales a little bit is win this trade war with China, get this competitive imbalance under which we have been dealing over the course of the last several decades straightened out. We should not be losing hundreds of billions or trillions of dollars per year to the Chinese uh, in these uh, uh, these, uh, uh, trade negotiations. So the good news is, as noted, they want to make a deal. Senator Lindsey Graham yesterday, and we're going to have this audio for you coming up after this timeout, uh, uh, warned against breaking ranks with what President Trump is trying to do to get China to negotiate on trade. Uh, Senator Graham said, every Democrat and every Republican of note has said that China cheats. They're cheating us. 
The Democrats for years have been claiming China should be stood up to. Now Trump is doing that, and we've got to accept the pain that comes with standing up to China. The long-term win is more important. So we got a lot more to talk about regarding this uh, trade war and the president getting China to blink. We'll talk about it at 216-901-0945 when you are ready. 888-281-1110. Look, 281-1110 is the number. Look, this isn't fun. Don't get me wrong. This is a little bit boring. This is a little bit minutia getting into the, you know, into the weeds with uh, tariffs and percentages and so on and so forth. It's not the most fun talk radio, but understand this is extraordinarily important what's going on right now. And if the president can negotiate a deal with the Chinese that saves us hundreds of billions of dollars a year in trade imbalance, uh, he should just swim to re-election. I mean, just just backstroke and casually cruise. It shouldn't be a right race. It shouldn't be a hard uh, uh, obstacle for him to get re-election. If he wins this trade war, everyone is going to have to thank him and acknowledge it. Right back after this on AM 1420, The Answer. WHKRadio.com is where to find the Bob France Authority podcast. All right, 923, now the Bob France Authority on AM 1420, The Answer. Celebrating a little bit right now, a little prematurely. Like I said, I don't want to go over the top here and tell you that the trade war is over. It's not. But China has, instead of uh, continuing to um, hit the United States with bigger tariffs on our exports, they have said, let's sit down and uh, perhaps uh, find a way to negotiate a calm end to this trade war. Uh, it is an amazing accomplishment already, just getting them to the table. Uh, 216-901-0945, the number to join us, 888-281-1110. We'll get you here as well. We'd love to hear from you. You can tweet to me, you can Facebook comment to me, or you can parlor comment to me at France Radio, F-R-A-N-T-Z. That is the handle on all of the social media uh, platforms, F-R-A-N-T-Z, France Radio. Make sure that you uh, check in. Uh, in that regard. All right. Uh, other important news to get to. Massive victory for free speech and for religious freedom. Cannot overstate this, to be quite honest with you. And I cannot underscore it loudly enough. We've been telling you for quite some time about our work with um, our friends at Alliance Defending Freedom. We had a huge campaign in the month of June, as a matter of fact, in support of Alliance Defending Freedom because they are in support of religious freedom and people who cannot fight for themselves when they are attacked by uh, the far left, particularly, in most cases, the LGBTQ version of the far left. Well, on Friday, we found out this, and this is after, of course, we were all, went off the air, so I didn't have a chance to react to it until now. But the Eighth Circuit Court of Appeals upheld a constitutional order limiting the reach of expansive non-discrimination laws and protecting people like a Christian couple, uh, Carl and Angel Larson, from having to choose between their business and their conscience. This was a case where, once again, LGBTQ uh, lawyers... Uh, decided to make a run at a private Christian-run business, trying to force them to violate their religious principles and support an LBGTQ same-sex ceremony. In this case, it wasn't about cakes, the way it was with Masterpiece Cake Shop. These are Christian videographers who were asked to produce videos of same-sex weddings. 
And they politely, respectfully, just like uh, Jack Phillips and Masterpiece Cake Shop, just like Baronel Stutzman with, uh, uh, or excuse me, uh, yeah, uh, Stutzman with uh, Arlene's Flowers, uh, said, uh, "Sorry, um, I can serve you in many ways, just not that particular ceremony." Uh, and I can recommend others who do my, what I do in my line of work who would do a great job for you, but that's not enough. The moment they said no, the lawsuits were filed. The plaintiffs are videographers who create commercial short films and live event productions. And while they will work with anyone of any race, any sex, any sexual orientation, and any religion, they will not produce videos that advance viewpoints that violate their Christian theology. That includes videos that contradict biblical truth, that promote sexual immorality, that support the destruction of unborn children, that promote racism or racial division, that incite violence, that degrade women that promote any conception of marriage other than a lifelong institution between one man and one woman. And it's the last part that, of course, has led to this, you know, these ongoing showdowns. How dare you stand up for your own lifelong belief in uh, your religious principles, particularly your Christian principles? You will bow to our lifestyle choices or you will be run out of business. The Larsons had hoped to begin producing wedding videos, but Minnesota interpreted its Human Rights Act to require them to produce both opposite-sex and same-sex wedding videos, or none at all. Minnesota would require them to produce videos that uh, depicted same and opposite-sex weddings as in an equally positive light. That raised the possibility that a gay couple who didn't like the subjective quality of the video the Larsons produced for them could seek state sanctions based on alleged sexual orientation discrimination. In other words, if they did produce a wedding video for a same-sex couple, and the same-sex couple wasn't satisfied, they could file a complaint and would, because they are being run around by these attorneys, LBGTQ lawyers and ACLU lawyers. Um, they, they could complain they intentionally didn't do as good a job on this as they would have for a same or straight uh, couple, a, a, a uh, you know, traditional uh, one-man, one-woman couple. And then how do you prove that I didn't do my best or I did do my best? Now you're being asked to prove a negative again, and of course it's going to cost you tons of money in fines. Anyway, with the assistance of uh, the Alliance Defending Freedom, the Larsons filed suit. They claimed that Minnesota's rule would compel them to speak in support of messages they oppose. The trial court ruled in favor of the state. The Larsons appealed, and one of the key constitutional questions of our time about whether or not the First Amendment will retain its supremacy and potency even as non-discrimination rules and regulations expand in scope and reach. In this case, the Eighth Circuit answered the question with an emphatic, yes. And it did so through a majority opinion that provided a very clear roadmap for future courts and future controversies. The judge's majority opinion, Judge David Strauss's more, um, uh, majority opinion, began with a simple obvious and crucial conclusion that should make you feel happy on this Monday morning. Quote, the Larson's wedding videos are a form of free speech that are entitled to First Amendment protection, period, end quote. That's it. First Amendment, freedom of religion, freedom of speech, freedom of expression. And in order to have freedom of speech and expression, one cannot be compelled to speak or express in a manner that they disapprove of. Compelled speech is violating free speech. You understand? 
Though they do not make feature films, their wedding videos would still clearly communicate a message in the same way that films do, as the courts explained. Their wedding videos would be designed to tell healthy stories of sacrificial love and commitment between a man and a woman that celebrate divinely ordained marriage covenant, the marriage uh, covenant. Moreover, the fact that the Larsons were producing videos for profit did not diminish their constitutional protection. Documentaries make money. Feature films make money. Are they not clearly protected speech? Yes, they are. To put it plainly, Minnesota was attempting to engage in one of the most intrusive state actions against the First Amendment ever seen. It was attempting to compel the Larsons to deliver a message that they opposed. And they were stopped cold. This is a huge, huge victory. I cannot overstate it. That's the reason I wanted to share it with you in the first half hour of the program. This is a federal court striking a massive blow for free speech and for religious freedom. Congratulations and thank you to the Alliance Defending Freedom. It's 9.30 time for news. Back right after this on AM 1420, The Answer. All right, it's uh, now 9.35, the Bob France Authority continuing on this Monday morning. Good Monday to you. Hope you're having a great start to your day. You know, I uh, I believe in cross-promoting uh, other shows on my radio station. You hear me on a routine basis, right? Telling you that Mike Gallagher is coming up next. Do not miss Dennis Prager coming up at noon after Gallagher. Dr. G, the spectacular Dr. Sebastian Gorka. Uh, for your afternoon drive, Jay Sekulow live at 6 o'clock, The Sage. Love The Sage. Larry Elder, uh, every night it's uh, every night uh, from 7 to 10. And you may have noticed that I always stop there. Right? Why? Do I not want to promote our late night programming? Uh, no, it's not that I don't want to. It's just that I can't in good conscience. And the reason why is that late night show is hosted by Joe Walsh, former Congressman Joe Walsh. And I have steadfastly refused to promote the Joe Walsh show on my own radio station because of, well, quite frankly, a conflict of interest. I'm interested in the success and the well-being of the United States of America. He's interested in Joe Walsh. That's a big difference. Joe Walsh on his radio program and via his social media uh, following, and he's got a very large following, I'm sad to say, has been trying to undermine the President of the United States almost since his inauguration. He has criticized, he has lied, he has slandered, he has uh, accused falsely the President of the United States so many times it can't even be counted. And one wonders, why would, Joe, would, would you know Joe Walsh, who's on Salem Radio, Salem Media, why would Joe Walsh continue to savage the, the President of the United States when almost every other member, and I mean everyone, because we are of like-minded ideology. We're not parrots. We don't just repeat one another. I disagree with you, Hewitt, from time to time. I've disagreed with Larry Elder, not very often, but I've disagreed with various hosts, and they've disagreed with one another. We have debates on stages because we disagree with one another on various things. We're going to have another one on November 21st. It's the War for America Soul Tour. 
Hugh Hewitt, Dr. Sebastian Gorka, Peter Kersenow, and myself will be on stage, and we will be discussing the most important matters that this country faces over the course of the next, not just year plus of the presidential election cycle, but the impact of that uh, over the course of the next 10 years and beyond. And we're going to debate, so we don't, we don't always have to agree. I don't go after Joe Walsh because I just disagree with him. I go after Joe Walsh because I knew what Joe Walsh was doing. I wouldn't promote Joe Walsh because I know what Joe Walsh stood for. He wasn't just providing objective criticism of Donald Trump. This is a guy who wanted to be president. This is a guy who was undermining the credibility of our duly elected president because he wants the job. He's a former congressman. He wanted to relaunch his political career, which was over, in a campaign for president. And sure enough, he announced over this weekend, now this is going to be a little bit painful to hear, to be 100% honest with you, because this guy is so full of uh, you-know-what, but this was the campaign announcement. Joe Walsh, former congressman, wants to primary challenge Donald Trump. Now, mind you also, it's a pointless challenge. He cannot win. He will not win. Donald Trump will be defending his presidency uh, on the ballot as the Republican nominee in 2020. So just don't think of this as an actual real challenge. But it is symbolic in nature. This is the kind of never-Trump, quote-unquote, rhino Republican that is going to be a huge problem for President Trump. He knows he can't beat him, but he knows if he takes enough bites out of him, he can help the Democrats beat Donald Trump. And what kind of Republican is he really, if that is his end game? But this is Joe Walsh's uh, campaign announcement over this weekend. When I first started thinking about running for president, talking to my family, close friends, people I trust, I started hearing about all the things I needed to do to test the waters. Start an exploratory committee, hire a speechwriter, get an image consultant, all the, the practical steps that conventional candidates take. But these are not conventional times. These are urgent times. Let's be real. These are scary times. So the hell with all those conventional things. Today I'm declaring my candidacy for President of the United States because it's time, it's time to be brave. We have someone in the White House who we all know is unfit. Someone who lies virtually every time he opens his mouth. And someone who places his own interests above the nation's interest at every single turn. We cannot afford four more years of Donald Trump. No way. What cannot wait is all of us having the courage to finally say publicly what we all know privately. We're tired. We're tired of a president waking up every morning and tweeting ugly insults at ordinary Americans. We're tired of a president who sides with Putin against our own intelligence community. We're tired of a president who thinks he's above the law. We're tired of a president who's tweeting this country into a recession, and we're tired. We're so damn tired of a president who is teaching millions of American children every day that it's okay to lie and it's okay to be a bully. Enough. My name is Joe Walsh. I'm a former Republican congressman. I'm a conservative. I'm running because Donald Trump is not who we are. In fact, he's the worst of who we are. 
Sure, Trump and his people are going to attack us. That's going to happen. It won't be easy. But you know, bravery is never easy. So let's make a statement. Go to JoeWalsh.org. Tell the world that you're ready to be brave. All right, so that's the um, <laughs> the uh, campaign launch uh, for Joe Walsh 2020. To try to uh, sift through all of the lies in two minutes and 15 seconds of Joe Walsh's campaign announcement is going to be very, very difficult. I don't have that kind of time. i got Congressman Jim Jordan coming up here. But I do want your reaction to that. Did anybody not see this coming? Did you take note of how every day, every hour that I cross-promote the rest of the shows on our station, I stop with Larry Elder, and then I skip ahead to Hugh Hewitt the next day? There's a reason for it. I was not going to support Joe Walsh. I was not going to support Joe Walsh's anti-Trump radio show, and I was certainly not going to support a guy that I knew was trying to undermine the president for his own political ambitions. And I want your thoughts on that. 216-901-0945, And by the way, when Joe Walsh is, you know, impossible, let's just call it what it is. When Joe Walsh's impossible campaign comes to its inevitable end, you know full well what will happen, right? This so-called conservative, this so-called Republican will endorse for president the Democratic nominee. This so-called conservative will support and endorse a socialist running against Donald Trump. Because after what he just said, there is no way he could ever seriously endorse the actual Republican nominee, the incumbent president. Congressman Jim Jordan joins us next right here on AM 1420, The Answer. Now heard through downtown, through Greater Cleveland, on 102.5 FM. It's the Bob France Authority. Now the Bob France Authority does continue on AM 1420. The answer, Joe Walsh, has uh, tweeted this morning. I thought I would share this with you before I bring on Congressman Jim Jordan. Uh, He is uh, backing up his announcement that I just played for you, which I'm just, quite frankly, disgusted by. I I don't even like to hear it once. I'm not going to play it for you again. But but he's back at it this morning, reminding everybody of why he is uh, committing this ridiculous uh, uh, act. Uh, quote, why? Why did I try, to, or excuse me, why did I decide to primary Donald Trump and open myself up to brutal personal attacks? By the way, I find it cute that in his video and in this tweet, he is talking about how he is going to be attacked. He has been attacking Donald Trump on Twitter and on his nightly radio show for the last two and a half years. He has attacked Donald Trump, and now he's talking about how brave he is to uh, w- uh, withstand the attacks from Trump supporters. He said, and to expose everything I've ever said or written to public scrutiny, because Trump is unfit and he's a danger to this country. No, I'm not going to go to JoeWalsh.org unless I go there to mock you a little bit more. Uh, All right, Congressman Jim Jordan joins us now on AM 1420, The Answer, Ohio's 4th Congressional District Representative. Congressman, good morning, sir. How are you? I'm doing fine, Bob. How are you doing? 
I'm doing well, sir. Sir, thank you. I, I want to talk G7. I want to talk about the economy. I want to talk about the trade sure. war. I want to talk about China blinking. But before I do all of the above, you know, I, I, I you know, I share the airwaves with with Joe Walsh, um, and each day I cross promote the other shows on this state uh, on this station. And I always stop at ten o'clock with Larry Elder because I have known for the last two years that when Joe Walsh comes on at ten o'clock, I know what he's going to do. He's going to try to undermine the president of the United States for the purposes of launching. Uh, his own, uh, you know, the, relaunching his own political career, and sure enough, uh, his hatred for Don- hatred for Donald Trump expressed on air and online did manifest itself in a, uh, a primary challenge to Donald Trump in 2020. Yeah. What are your thoughts? Well, it's not going to matter. I mean, I, I, you know, he can Joe can do what he wants. He can run. You know, this is this is this is America. You can do those kind of things, but it's not going to matter. Donald Trump is going to win re-election, in my humble opinion. The uh, you know, you, you can feel it around our state, and our state's usually a good, good indication of where the country is. Uh, people like what the president's doing. They like the, we've talked about all the list of things that have happened in two and a half years under his leadership. Um, I don't think it's going to matter. I think you got with, with this uh, Weld guy, Bill Weld, running. Uh, Joe Walsh is running. I don't think it's going to matter. In fact, I don't think it's going to matter who the Democrats wind up nominating either. I think Donald Trump is going to get reelected because he deserves to be reelected, and the American people appreciate what he's done. You know, I don't want to think it will matter either. Um, but I, but I'm I'm just curious because he, he, the first time he had to overcome not only the Democrats, he had to overcome Republicans who were never Trumpers. Uh, conservatives yeah. came out. You remember the National Review and this big long list of conservatives said, "No way, this guy can represent us." And now, you know, after a term, uh, here's a new guy they can rally behind. It may not matter. In you know, he certainly cannot beat Donald Trump in a primary, but he can pull support away from Donald Trump. And quite frankly, a vote that is not for Trump. When whether it goes to a Democrat or not, is a vote for the Democrat. In other words, if he convinces people to sit out because yeah. Trump is unfit, that helps the Democrats. No, I, I get all that. But, I, again, we have to remember, think about what has happened in two and a half years. Taxes cut, regulations reduced, economy growing, unbelievable rate, wages up, lowest unemployment 50 years, Gorsuch Kavanaugh on the court. All these great things, the embassy in Jerusalem, hostages home from North Korea, working on a new trade agreement, new NAFTA agreement that hopefully Pelosi will bring up and will vote on this fall. All these things have happened in spite of every single Democrat being against him, in spite of everyone in the mainstream press being against him, and in spite of so many Republicans being against him. So I don't think it's going to matter now that Joe Walsh and Bill Weld are in the race. Think about what he has overcome, what we've overcome, the things that have gotten done, in spite of all that opposition. And now we're going to throw a couple more guys in who, frankly, not many people have heard of that much, um, running for president. I don't, think it's going to, I don't think it's going to matter. I think Donald Trump, as I said before, is going to win. Congressman, let's talk about one of the things you said in that big list there, is, and that is the economy growing at an unbelievable rate. Um, it is projected to slow quite a bit. And in fact, you all, you know, you know what happened all last week. Everybody, every economist, well, not every economist, but a lot of them are screaming, you know, recession, recession, recession. Democrats are openly cheering, hoping a recession happens because they know that the American public would blame the president. Um, tie this together for me, if you could. The state of the economy, as you see it, Congressman Jordan, as it pertains to the ongoing trade war with China, and the news today, of course, is that China has blinked somewhat. They have said, uh, after the president threatened, essentially, to declare a, a national emergency and to cease all American businesses with China, they said, maybe we should come back to the table and talk a little bit more and find a, quote, calm end to this. Can you tie those together for me, the the trade war with China, the tariffs, etc., the volatile market that's going up and down on us on an almost daily basis, and the state of the actual economic growth. 
Uh, three things. One, you're right. The Democrats seem to be actively supporting our economy going south because they think it helps them politically. I, that, that, is, that is just frightening when you actually stop and think about it, that they'd be wishing for bad things to happen to our great country. Uh, second, no one has ever stood up to China in 30 years before this president. He's the first one. So, and look, it's not going to be easy. You tell me anything in life that's worth doing that's ever easy to accomplish. Anything of meaning or significance, it takes time, it takes effort, it takes work, it takes sacrifice. That's just how the good Lord made things. So, But this is the first individual to ever stand up to him. And then I think, third, everyone I talked to, I mean, last week I was out and about across our district, and everyone was telling me, hey, things are pretty darn good. I had, a, I had an electrical contractor tell me that they're, they're, turn, they're turning down jobs left and right because they, they, can't, they can't get to them all. they got so much work. So, yeah, there's some signs out there, I think, from some people, and the, and the press is all too willing to, to uh, trumpet maybe a couple pieces of information that aren't quite as positive as we'd hope. But think about if it was reversed. If there were all these great things, wages up, economy growing, lowest unemployment for, for uh, in 50 years, if all these things were happening, and there were a couple indicators like, well, maybe it's not quite, you know, there's a few things. Think about how it would be different if it was, if it was a Democrat president. All the press would focus on is all the positive, the overwhelming positive, and a couple things that may not be as good as we want. But, of course, with this press, it's just the opposite. Even though we've got all these positive indicators, a couple things that they're pointing to. So I think it's still great out there. I think it's going to stay strong. And um, I like the fact that this president stands up to China for the first time. Yeah, so do I. And so many other presidents have known about this unbelievable uh, trade imbalance we have been suffering yeah. to the tune of hundreds of billions of dollars a year we lose uh, to China. And no one has ever wanted to do anything about it, in part because I would imagine they didn't know how to deal with you know the, the short-term pain that some Americans are feeling. In fact, our farmers, it's a constant story, and the president knows it, and he has talked about our farmers, and uh, this is going to be yep. difficult for, for a period of time, but in the long run, this is going to be worth it. First of all, will it, in the end, be worth it? Second of all, how do we go back and make things right for farmers who are losing an awful lot of money based on the uh, uh, this ongoing trade war? Well, you, you have to get to the goal. I mean, there's always sacrifice involved before you actually get to the goal, but once you get there... It's better off, so it, it, it's going to take some time. But I'm like you, as I talk to farmers, many of them say, "Look, it's kind of tough. I get it. Uh, they get it." But they said, "I appreciate this president's willingness to stand up and go have the fight that needs to happen with China. They've been getting away with things." The same thing I've heard from manufacturing. I always tell this story. I had a had a, uh, a manufacturing uh, owner here, employs about 500 people here in, in in our district. Call me last fall, and she says, "You know, I'm I'm a little nervous about this tariff stuff, but I want you to tell the president." I support him, even if it means some some tough times for us. I want to get to the I want to get to the goal. I want to get this done, and I support the president. So that's the attitude I see out there in the manufacturing sector, and frankly, in the agriculture sector as well. Congressman Jim Jordan is my guest. Let me pivot to, uh, for a moment to guns. You and Representative Thomas Massey uh, co-wrote an op-ed that ran late last week. Uh, you and I haven't had a chance to talk about that yet, that yet, so let's do that. You're critical of any proposals that would require a universal background tr- check, which you and Representative Massey correctly point out would lead to a national gun registry which is the first step toward confiscation, and then also on red flag laws, which, of course, is, and you and I did talk about this somewhat, uh, yeah. red flag laws are um, impossible to, to enforce without uh, uh, stripping due process away from somebody uh, that is being reported on as potentially being a threat with a gun. Uh, can you give us a little bit more? You, you can't take away people's rights, and then they have to go win them back, and in, in any way to find that as due process. It just, it just, that's by definition, not due process. And by definition, that's contrary to what this country is about and how our system works. And what I tweet, I tweeted this out a week or so ago, but to me, it reminds me of exactly the same standard Bob Mueller tried to apply to President Trump. 
right? If you're if you're guilty until proven innocent, that's what they tried to do to President Trump and said we chose not to exonerate him or we didn't find. That's not how it works in this country. So this red flag concept scares me to death. It really does. And then, of course, as you point out in the background check issue, um, it, this always, this always, when you have this universe, when you go to all of these things that they're talking about doing, the Democrats are going to try to do next week when we go back and have this hearing in, in Judiciary Committee, um, it is going to lead to a gun registry, and that is just, again, I think a dangerous, dangerous and slippery slope to start, uh, to start sliding down. You know, the, um, the other thing you and uh, Congressman Massey pointed out is that not a single mass public shooting would have been prevented by universal background checks. In fact, almost every time we see uh, a new you know, gun control law proposed in the wake of one of these national tragedies by the Democrats, you look at it and you say, okay, would that last tragedy or any of the ones before it have been prevented by this new gun control law that you want to put forth? And the answer is no. Why are they trying to solve problems that don't exist? Why don't we solve the problem of criminality and not about the, the weapon of choice for the criminals? Why don't we focus on facts and truth? Uh, and 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 because as you point out, there is nothing that would have stopped these evil people from doing their evil deeds. No, no gun law would have stopped that. So what, what we wind up doing is restricting and hurting and harming due process and the constitutional rights of law-abiding citizens. And oh, by the way, how many times do we have we heard about or read about where where uh, a law-abiding citizen who has uh, uh, got their concealed carry permit, has stopped a crime because of that fact. I mean, this, this crazy guy who walked into Walmart a few weeks ago after, that, that, after the shooting, and yeah. it was an off-duty, I think, first responder who had his concealed carry permit who said, hey, you know, this is not going to fly, but you wouldn't be walking in with a, with a weapon and a, and a vest on. And he's the one who handled the situation. So that's what we have to remember as well. Stick to the facts, stick to the truth, and not all these crazy ideas that it seemed to me want to just restrict people's constitutional liberty yeah hundreds of thousands of lives are saved every year by the presence of guns uh compared to the very very relatively you know minimum minimal number uh that are actually taken by guns last thing I'll, before you go and i know congressman you're in the federal government and i am not suggesting the federal government should do anything to interfere with states rights but i interviewed governor dewine last week about this and he is a strong supporter of red flag laws i tried to express many of the same things you and i just discussed to governor dewine as to why he should not support this in the Ohio General Assembly, and uh, he seems to be going full for full uh, strength forward uh, anyway. Uh, is there any? Uh, do you have any conversation with all at anybody at the state level about these kinds of things to maybe try to find a solution that yeah, will violate I, due I, process I rights? With, yeah, I talk with members of the General Assembly. I, I, I will be honest; I've not talked to the governor about this issue. Uh, I've talked to the governor in the last couple of weeks, uh, or last several weeks. So, um, but I will talk with some members of the General Assembly. Obviously. That, you know, as you said, I'm in Congress and they're in the state assembly uh, in, the, in the states decide. But uh, the one, one thing that always works in politics is when citizens contact their representatives and voice their opinion. And so uh, that, that's always how our, our system is, uh, is designed. And um, I'm sure there will be lots of Ohioans to talk to the governor. And, and the governor is doing a good job on so many things. But on this one, I just, just uh, respectfully disagree. You and I agree on that. I, I was very respectful to him, but somebody, I'm hopeful somebody can maybe get him to, to see the other side of this thing because I do not think it is, uh, it is what's right for Ohioans. Congressman Jordan, thank you so much for all your great work, sir. We'll you talk bet. to you again soon. That's Jim Thanks. Jordan on AM 1420. The answer, it's 10.01 in time for news. The Bob France Authority right back. 
three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.